I'm going to read from James, uh, verse 26 of uh, chapter 1. And this is two believers, uh, Christian people. He says, if any <clears throat> any man, but it's uh, obviously he's writing to Christians. If any man among you seems to be religious, but he bridles not his tongue, then he deceives his own heart. This man's religion is useless or vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. My brothers, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to people or of persons. And he goes on, what pretty much known passage, I guess. I've heard it in preached about, talked about quite a bit. The rich man that comes in, uh, gold ring, good apparel, poor man comes in, poor clothes, and how they're treated by the congregation. This is within the church, within Christians. And so he's pointing out how hypocritical uh, we can be, uh, a Christian can be, because if you look at this, he says, you know, and two, I was before that, he says, if you look into the perfect or the law of liberty, that's you study that out, and it uh, means the law of love of Christ, uh, the law of liberty to love and not be having to make it depend on keeping this uh, ordinance or that or holy days, or all that they were so used to, the Jews. And um, But anyway, the law of liberty is that the law has been fulfilled and the ordinances have been done away with. The spirit of the law is still true, but the, the Lord made all that clear and they understood that. So the perfect law of liberty is the law of the love of Christ, is that there is a law to it. There's, it's like striving for the mastery, like Paul talks about. You have to do it lawfully. And, and there is a perfect law of love, of liberty, and that is you can't say you're doing it if what happens is what he describes here. So he's saying, if any of you seem to be religious, though, and you deceive in your own heart, really saying, if any man who deceives his own heart, he's already deceived his own heart, and this man will seem to be religious, to his own self. He will think that he is acting out this law of love of Christ for believers. That's why James says, well, what about the rich believer versus the poor one? How do you treat them? The same? Well, if not, well, you got a problem. So he's saying, but the man that would do that would somehow justify what he was doing. Somehow or another is like, I don't know, what comes to mind is, well, the rich man can help us with money, and the poor man can't. And actually, the rich man will be able to help us help the poor man. So it's it's uh, the, the means justify the end. The end justifies the means. And that we're, we're going to be partial to him and say, you sit on the front row, and, and the poor man, you sit on the back row, and we're justified in doing that. 
And that's what you're deceiving your own self. And we'd all, I think everybody would say, yeah, pretty much that's what's going on there. And so James is saying that is true, that if you act like that. But he, he says it in a way that, you, I don't know, if you think about it, if you can't control what you say, and I don't think he primarily means uh, a slip of the tongue where you hurt your with a hammer, you smash your finger, your profanity. I don't think it's that so much. It's what he's talking about over here when he says you lust and you can't have, you kill, you war, you fight, and you, you want this and that, and you pray about it, but you want to consume it on your own lust, and you're being hypocritical in your wars and fightings. And he said you have bitter envying and strife in your heart. So when that's true, even though you might deceive yourself and think that you're okay, however that would be determined by yourself, is that you know, doing the best I can or whatever, I don't know, or or it's not even my fault, like John said, it's not even sin for me, or whatever. But if you have deceived yourself, then you're going to think that, yeah, you're pretty much living the Christian life doing the in the way of love, even, is what I'm saying, not just good works, as it were, but, but even in the way of... So then uh, James is saying, any man that any of you, or you, you may deceive yourself and think you're doing that, and that you are keeping the works and you're not a forgetful hearer and you are continuing in the love of Christ. But he said, um, here's pure religion. And it's obviously not having the faith of, of the Lord with respect to persons is not pure religion. So that's the idea. But he says pure religion is not that. That's defiled. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows, the fatherless and widows in their affliction. And the last part of this is keep himself unspotted from the world. And James says over here, the wisdom uh, that's of the earth, sensual, devilish, envy, strife, confusion, judging each other, all that is of the earth. It's devilish. So here he says that keep yourself unspotted from the cosmos, from the way of man, mankind. And that's what James is saying here. This wisdom comes from, uh, it's of man. It's it's not of God. Peter talks about it. Partake of the divine nature, not of the human nature. The Lord said, don't love as the heathen do. They love those love them. Don't love them, don't. And he said, don't be like that. Be perfect. And in other words, complete in your love. It's not partial that's what it says here, the wisdom from above, James saying, it's full of mercy without partiality, without hypocrisy. That's true, truly having his love. Human love is, well, yeah, most people, but still a little strife and envy going on. Well, that's partial, and it's as good as it might be in the human way, and whatever, that's what it's all about, is what they're warning about, is don't don't put confidence in that, don't do that, because God, uh, the Lord, really can't compromise that way. And that's what he said when you look at what he taught himself, the Lord, when in, in the Gospels, he said, if your love is, if you're not abiding in my love, you're not going to produce any fruit. And if you abide in my love, and he said, beware, though, because you'll think you're walking in the light and abiding in my love. But if you have 
uh, envy or strife or darkness in your heart, as in when he said, when you come to me, you forgive everybody everything? Well, no. Well, then you, that's going to have to happen. So he's saying, uh, beware of the fact, though you'll think you're walking in the light, and there's a little bit of darkness, and you think that's okay. Behold, then, how great is that darkness. You are full of darkness that way. It, and it's so critical. It's such a hard, fine line. But think of how it would be if you didn't have any resentment, no unforgiveness, and you could actually really truly not have respect to the rich man or the poor man and look at them and don't even see that part of it. You just see them as believers in Christ, that who he is in them, and you love them, and you care about them, even the fatherless, the orphans, or the, the widows, and all those things. How, how freeing. That's the liberty where Christ, the Spirit of there's liberty. There's freedom. And Paul said, why do you want to go back into bondage to the old way of, well, we're doing the best we can, and and so our works help make up for that. It's kind of the old way to me, the the old nature. But but the real truth of it is, like he's saying here, you have to be full of mercy and good without partiality. And the only way to do that, and Paul talks about that so much, is you just have to make a person make up their mind, uh, uh, their heart as a believer. They have that wherewithal, the power of the Spirit within the inner man to choose what's right and go to him and ask forgiveness and the power to be right and james is saying here at the very first if you do that and don't doubt and mean it it will happen and so when it does happen unless a person is double-minded it doesn't but if it does i'm saying maybe a big if but if and when it it can and does happen then it's to me it's the burden of not being that way, there's, it's so much of a relief. It's, it feels uh, like I actually do have 100 pounds taken off of my heart when I can be that way. Now, when it comes back in, at first, it's the old nature is, yeah, yeah, and bring it on and all that. But it, it, the more, that's what he's saying. It's a struggle, a race. And Paul's saying, uh, and Peter's saying, you know, it, it'll go on for a while, but after a while, you should be settled and established. And they all talk about that. And that's what uh, James is even saying here. Be patient uh, in these things and don't, don't quit. Don't give up on this struggle and to have the right love, to have his love, not human love at the best it can be and be patient there because the husbandman the lord himself waits for the precious fruit he has long patience for it until it receives the early and latter rain when you can and be patient establish your hearts don't grudge against each other lest you be condemned because the judge stands at the door so it's how we love each other it's whether we condemn each other judge each other and and james is saying you'll hear it out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what the Lord said. And by your words, you'll be known, justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. So he's saying here, receive with meekness the engrafted word. That's him, the word of truth, that we've been born again, first fruits of that, his creature, his nature, his divine spirit put into us, born again. And, and that's who we really, really are. And to do that word or receive that word is to receive him and be who you really are in the way. And there's nothing more... Uh, 
peaceful and liberating and good and when that can happen. But I went in my Christian years, year after year after year after year after year, and you get used to carrying that burden, I guess, not really ever truly, but you kind of do. But but uh, in the latter days, not too long ago, the, and it was still because the Spirit of God convicted me in a so powerful way. It, it woke me up to the fact that, no, this is true. What James says, Peter says, John says, and Paul says is that, your calling is to love each other. And the Lord said, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. And that is to love each other the way I love you. And John puts it in his letter right straight out is that if we that's what he says. And so I don't think it means is, uh, well, you love me with all your heart, then you should be able to love them. It, it means if you love me with all your heart, you will love them. And if you don't love all them, you're not truly loving him with your heart because he lives in them. And that's all they are is that new person that he is in them. If we all died and went to heaven in the next five minutes and then woke up later after that and got together, we wouldn't have any problems with each other. We would see each other as who we were in him because we'd be purified there and only be what is right and what is like him. That's all we'd be. And there would be no problems. So Paul and they're saying, Paul said, strive for that, whether here or there, to be accepted of him. And that's what James is saying here. Pure religion, no no hypocrisy would be. And uh, the word visit real quick uh, to it, it meant more like to uh, um, uh, be a guard or a, a, a bodyguard or a sentry or a counselor or, or, or a Somebody looking out for them, look out for their welfare, their being. That's what it means to visit, not just say hello and goodbye, but how can I help you? And then even go out of your way to uh, behind the scenes, make sure that that orphan is treated right or that widow is is has what she needs, even whether she knows you do it or not. It's to care about them in that way. Just it's what he's saying about the rich man and poor man. You should care about the poor man as if he were the rich man and the rich man as if he were the poor man. In other words, it ain't about the money, but life money represents self totally, totally, because money is just a pile of paper or metal. It's only what it will do for the person that has it. That's all. And whether it's good or bad, doesn't matter. I mean, still, that's what money, uh, it's the common thing is that it's self basically put. That's why he says you can't serve God and mammon, and mammon is riches, but riches is self. It's, anyway, uh, James is saying here um, that if you can look out for and really care about the orphans and the widows, and, and one last thing, in their affliction, visit them in their affliction, and keep yourself unspotted from the human nature and not, not enter into envy, strife, and confusion, and judging. And, and uh, you say, well, what does that have to do with orphans and widows? One thing I, I was seeing here is that they have nothing to give back, as it were, the orphan, the widow. And real quick, my dad uh, here, well, it's been quite a few years ago now, but after my mother passed away, he went through a period of uh, 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 two and a half years where he was alone. And, and at first there, he b dealt with it later on, but at first, no, for a few months, and, and he, I expected that. And, and he was in, uh, had a lot of grief, a lot of sadness. And I remember I almost would call him every day and talk to him because I knew he was trying to handle it by himself, and I lived in another part of the 
uh, not close by, and I would call him. But it, it really got, and it was hard for me to admit. It got to where, it, and it would. I would. I had my own grief, but his was far more, as in a way. And and but him to talk about it, and me to feel it, it would it would bring me into that, and and it would make me grieve more and everything to the point that sometimes I knew I needed to call him and talk to him. But there was a part of me thinking. Wow, that's just gonna. It's really hard, but I most always would call anyway. But but so to look out for the father, they have nothing to give back. In fact, they take from you. They'll they'll depend on you, for, and you bear their burdens and their grief in their affliction. You look out for them and love them anyway. And so there again, James is. Uh, he doesn't care. He has no respect of persons. He doesn't care who you are. If you're a believer, he's saying, look, here's how it is. That's what he's saying. So the the thing is, though, that he says, happy is the, the man that will endure temptation. Blessed is that person that does the work. He will be blessed in his doing of it. And when he's tried and judged, he will receive reward for it because the Lord has promised that to them that love him. And if you love him with your whole heart, you will love each other because actually each other we are, like Paul said, don't know each other after the flesh. Look and know who that person really is. Like I said, if we all died now and went to heaven, that's who we really are. So we've got to, by faith and wisdom and insight, see that now. And that's what James saying. Need to do it. But it's got to be done by the power of God. And But you've got to see the problem first. And then you can choose to come out of it if you want. And I don't know. Uh, it's uh, my brethren, don't err from the truth. That's what he's saying. That's his warning. But if you can do the truth and come to the truth and be doers of it, then you will be very blessed and happy. Blessed are those who are poor of spirit.